Today we witness the beginning of the church's first three-year-long unpaid internship. (laughs) Jesus walks by a group of seasoned fishermen. Immediately he calls them to follow him, it says. Immediately they leave everything behind to do just so. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. This is the message, this is the clarion call, and Simon, Andrew, and the sons of Zebedee do not hesitate. In the first chapter of Mark's gospel, we are off to the races. Barely a word of introduction, not a moment to spare. Each liturgical year, the Sunday readings come from a different gospel, and the readings from this year will be primarily from the gospel according to Mark. Over the next few weeks, in the season after the Epiphany, we will be taking a closer look at Mark's gospel during our Sunday forums after the 9 a.m. service. I invite you to join Father George today if you'd like to be a part of that conversation. For the purposes of my time with you today, however, I would like to zero in on the first chapter of Mark. Let me begin by pointing out the obvious. Let me begin by pointing out what is not here. In the first chapter, a mere 14 verses into the story, we are already at the beginning of Jesus's earthly ministry. It's like we skipped Christmas altogether. Mark leaves out a lot. The birth of John and Jesus foretold, the meeting between their two very pregnant mothers, Elizabeth and Mary, the Roman census and the birth of Jesus in Bethlehem, Herod's slaughter of the innocents and the Holy Family escape to Egypt. All those stories are found in Matthew and Luke. In the first 14 verses of Mark, the gospel writer spends more time describing John the Baptist, that weird guy clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, than any of the preceding 30 years of Jesus' life. We get to the action right away. In the first few verses of this chapter, Jesus takes a quick dip in the River Jordan, endures the temptation in the wilderness, and presto, it's time to call the first disciples. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets behind and followed him. This gospel isn't merely the story of a charismatic individual. This is the beginning of a movement, and the story begins with discipleship. It begins with the decision to follow him. Now, we sometimes forget what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to be a disciple. After all, we live in a world where social status and prestige is awarded to competent leaders, not bumbling followers. We also live in a world where following someone has been reduced to clicking a button. But the story of the Gospels begins with the decision to follow. And even though the disciples' initial response is immediate without hesitation, we know that following Jesus is no easy task. We know that these fishermen will be filled with doubts and fears. We know about their ambitions and insecurities. We know about the betrayals yet to come. Just what did Jesus intend 
when he called these disciples, these fishermen who often were better at demonstrating what you shouldn't do if you're following the Messiah. Even more importantly, what does being a disciple mean to you and I? What might it mean for us to respond to the call to do the same? I have a dear friend who's a musician. He is a phenomenal guitarist. He didn't take much in the way of music lessons growing up. He doesn't know how to read music all that well at all, but he fell in love with the instrument in his teens and he played the guitar every chance he got. His skills are impressive, honed over years of practice. And once when someone said that he'd mastered this instrument despite not having had very many music lessons, he stopped them on the spot. I am still an amateur, he said. I would like to remain an amateur until the day I die. I loved his response. We prize competence. We prize excellence. We long to be not a work in progress, but a finished product. But the Christian way of life, the decision to become a disciple of the man they call Jesus, is one that begins and ends with the decision to follow. It begins and ends with the desire to be a constant amateur. It is not a one-time decision. It is a daily practice. It requires the ever-present awareness that we are not the Messiah, but mere followers on the way. Now, that might be dispiriting to you if you think perfection is the goal. If you strive to be the kind of person this world looks up to, the kind of polished and composed individual who has it all together. But if you strive to follow Jesus, the whole point of the journey is that there is always something new to learn, something new to discover about what God has planned for you. That is the essence of the freedom of the gospel, the ever-present possibility of renewal and conversion. Once you give up on becoming the best version of yourself, you might discover the simple joy of being yourself, a person who can approach life with genuine humility, with curiosity, filled with wonder. Now, that might sound easy enough, but let me assure you, it is not. <laughs> it is hard work being ourselves. It is hard work being an amateur. It is hard work following the Messiah. It's hard work to do all these things. And it requires practices that sustain us. Prayer, study, silence. It requires a community within which to do them as well. In John Donne's famous words, no man, no woman, no person is an island. Every person is a piece of the continent a part of the main. And yet there's more to this story too. In ancient times, in the Greek and Roman philosophical circles of Jesus' day, as well as in rabbinic Judaism, it was common for students to seek out their teacher. In the Gospels, the opposite takes place. The teacher seeks out the students. Come to me, all you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. 
for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Friends, the good news for you today is not that you can somehow earn your spot as Jesus' disciple. The good news for you today is that God is ever ready to welcome you as one of his own. He hasn't come to make you better. He has come to remind you of who you truly are. He hasn't come to us with a self-improvement program. He has come to offer us life, life and joy abundant. Amen.